What's up, Warriors? I'm Kaylee. And I'm Betsy. And this is the Not Your Mama Pod. The Not Your Mama Pod are not experts of anything but talking. If you need medical or professional help, we do encourage you in finding the appropriate resources. Please know we are just speaking of our experiences or of the experiences of other and have no medical degrees. What's up, Warriors? We have a friend with us today, and I emphasize the word friend because we have been chatting and texting and even got some stickers from our girl, and we finally are getting honored, um, pestering her to come tell you guys her amazing story and meet her amazing energy. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself because our crowd knows you're coming. <laughs> um, I'm Zeta. Hey. Um, yeah. Hello, a fellow Indo warrior up in here. Um, <laughs> I live in Columbia, South Carolina, way oh, down in the south. I know, very sad. I wasn't Myrtle's not too far from me, but it is somewhat of a drive. But I have um, friends who used to live in Columbia. It's such a cute yeah. area. Yeah, it's like it's like a big city, but like not as big as like the big city. So right. Um, I grew up in Atlanta and. I knew I wanted to get away from there just because I'd been there my whole life. And this is where I got a job offer. And now I'm here and I feel like I might be stuck. So, <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> and do you mind telling our audience how old you are? Oh yeah, I am 29 next month. What, what? <laughs> are you married? I am not married. Not I married. am patiently waiting on <laughs> some bling. Maybe not. Oh, so so you're in a serious relationship. <laughs> Yes, I have been with my boyfriend Zach for three years. Okay. Um, so we're Zeta and Zach. We got oh, that is really cute. Yeah, Zach. This is a subtle hint that it's time. No, <laughs> forget. I think we're getting there. You know, <laughs> ball is slowly rolling. It's just, it's you know, it's a process. So, um, take some time. Well, we yeah. are so honored for you to join us. Like I said, we have connected. I honestly can't even remember the last, first time we talked. I just feel like you've always been a part of my life. So. We are super blessed and honored to have you join us on the pod and to share a little bit about your story. And then we definitely want to talk a little bit about intercourse and how that can be difficult with endo. So we'll wrap up the episode with that. But first off, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. Glad me? to be. Are you excited to be? No. <laughs> Miserable. Yeah, I really feel <laughs> the smile on me. Yes, I'm like so super excited. ecstatic. So I had to be sarcastic to her because she is super into this. Okay. Well, we won't take too much of your time. Why don't we start out with your first period symptom or maybe like the first time you knew you weren't normal with the <laughs> um, endo stuff. So <laughs> you don't yeah, have to go I'm, back I'm to pretty birth. not, I've, <laughs> I've always not been normal. Um, we know, classify ourselves like, as weird. I'm not going to do that to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> we call it, we call it like quirky, you know? Yeah. So oh, that's the first cute. time I was, yeah, the first time I was called quirky, I was like, what the heck? But, but now I'm like, eh. You know, it's very it southern, is. very southern. Yeah, honestly, like, normal is heart. boring. Yeah, normal's boring, and you can be as quirky as you'd like to be. So exactly. it's quirky threesome. Tell us about your first time you realized your periods or your <laughs> pain wasn't well. Wait, we're having a quirky threesome. I just went for it. I just went for it, and you both giggled. So I felt like Hashtag. that was. Um, <laughs> what's it called when you agree? That was consent. Yeah. <laughs> What's it called? Do you agree? Yeah, my bad. So tell us about your first, was it period thing first noticed or you had paid me for it? Uh, probably period. Um, I was a super late bloomer. Um, yeah. I didn't get my period until freshman year of high school. Um, like the end of freshman year of high school. So, um, like the first period or two were like kind of normal, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Cause you're, it's just like heating up, getting you ready. Right. I'm uh, here. Yeah, here, get ready for the, the bullshit. I don't know, am I allowed to pass on this thing? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Okay, cool. Um, so the, I don't know, probably like a couple months into it, I started getting really bad cramps and it was to the point that I would like get really lightheaded and I never like passed out or anything, but it got close. I knew that wasn't quite normal. Um, yeah. But my mom was like, oh, like I've always had bad periods. My grandma would just, or my mom would just give me a heating pad. I'd take a nap it'd be fine. So right. like 
you How know, many of us have heard that from it's our normal. moms? Like, periods hurt. Our, yeah, our moms saying, I've always had bad periods too. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, maybe all females who have a chronic illness are like prone to say like, I have a high t- pain tolerance, but like, I hated missing school. I like prided myself in like having a perfect attendance record, whatever, goody, goody. I don't know. Not, yeah. not quite, but almost. Um, <laughs> so I would go to school. Like, I didn't care. I'd go to soccer practice. I'd still try to like tough it out. Yeah. Um, so I really didn't like notice or start to connect the dots that something was wrong until I started becoming sexually active, mm-hmm. um, which was my senior year of high school. Sorry, mom, if you're listening. To <laughs> uh, we can always cut a later. You mean it was only three years ago with your boyfriend, yeah. right? Yeah, right. Last, yeah. last, last week. <laughs> no, don't worry. She knows that. But no. um, so really, you know, like the, the cramps and stuff was manageable. I had a bunch of weird, like stomach pain when I would work out, like I've always been athletic. I've always been a runner. I've always played soccer and I would get to when I'd be running, I'd have this like really bad pain kind of like under my, uh, my sternum. And it was just really intense and I couldn't stand up straight. And that's kind of when my mom was like, maybe we should try to figure out what's going on. Like, it sounds a little bit more than what's normal or to be expected right um so that's kind of where the ball started rolling with going to the doctor going to the OBGYN um I also wanted to get on birth control because sex you know um so that's kind of where that started um but also I didn't really know that sex wasn't supposed to be painful right um I grew up these things Exactly. I Especially in the, the South. <laughs> yes. I grew up in the church. Um, never really had like a sex education. Only like you're going to go to hell if you lose your virginity and you don't marry this person. I feel you know, that. Catholic high school. Yeah. I understand that. Catholic high school. Well. The only sex ed we had was like we had to watch the miracle of life and they like showed the video of the semen like shooting through everything yeah. and like. <laughs> Uh, and then surprise, there's a baby and now you have to deal with this the rest of your life, you know? Um, so I was like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know. Um, I need to pause you and remind the general mass that abstinence is not sexual education. Y'all drives me nuts that that's, we were all taught, like just, we we all had to sign a little abstinence plea or whatever. And yeah, promise. So, um, (laughs) and you may want to like trigger warning this I don't know abuse so the kid I dated my senior year of high school he was very persistent and very Mm -hmm. pressuring and I was like well this hurts like I don't want to do this so then it turned into non-consensual activity me crying in so much pain begging him to get off of me etc also I'm very open so I know I like sound very unemotional talking about it but I'm really good at like dissociating <laughs> as we become I yeah, don't mind the bluntness but thank you no and I'm um, sure you felt very alone because you're doing something you weren't supposed to do so you couldn't talk about it you've learned to cope with your emotions around it so right so in my head I was like well I lost my virginity to this guy I have to marry him while he's actively raping me you know against my will I hate um, that. I'm sorry yeah I'm so sorry and of course there was way more to that relationship there's right emotional you know all of that level of abuse for two years a lot longer mm-hmm. but you know kind of like what you said like when you're doing something that has been classified as like promiscuous or like sinful you don't know who you can talk to like I didn't talk to my friends I didn't talk to my parents Mm-hmm. I didn't talk to a therapist about it until last year. Yeah. So we get to unbox that fun. Right <laughs> on top of that the, super small casual part of your life. Yeah. On top of the abuse, the emotional trauma, the physical trauma, you're ignoring medical signs that something's wrong because you don't know right. better. Bleeding, pain, pain after. Um, and you know, doing the birth control we were hoping would you know obviously do what it's supposed to do from a birth control standpoint but 
like every single doctor who tries to treat endo says that it's going to help your symptoms. Yeah. Um, And back to like the abstinence stuff. I remember sitting in the car with my mom, like leaving the doctor's office because I guess I wasn't old enough to drive or I was very sheltered. I like wasn't allowed to drive when I was 16, whatever. Um, (laughs) I remember asking my mom, like an only child. No, I have an older brother, but he has autism. So he is fully reliant on care. So there was no one ahead of me to like, kind of like pave the way. The burn of it, I was it. Yeah. And more Um, responsibility on your shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I remember asking my mom, I was like, so were you a virgin? Like when you married your first husband and she got so mad at me, she was like, you don't ask somebody that like, it wasn't it, just, an open it wasn't something talked about. To talk about it yeah. yeah so you know I I think from that point I didn't feel comfortable addressing that I was having sex and I was having significant pain with sex and I was stuck with a guy that I felt like I couldn't get away from because I was gonna get hurt or you know whatever yeah. um so and that you're was still that. a baby at 17 18 years yeah. old you're still I mean, a baby yeah. yeah I I didn't know any better I knew nothing I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, we try to uh, talk about giving some grace to baby Zeta in therapy because I'm very like hard on myself just as a person. I think a lot of women who suffer with chronic illness and stuff probably are because we can't do the things that we want to do. Yeah. So, you know, from an outside perspective, I hear somebody that is owning their truth, that is being strong enough to share their truth in a society that let you down. So next time you have a moment just repeat that to yourself because you're a badass (laughs) also like props to you for actively working on it as a 29 year old like yeah I mean a lot of things from my 18 19 year old I just shut down like Mm -hmm. I'm never gonna talk about it I'm sure I mean maybe I would but it got to the point where I couldn't anymore so like he went to school in Columbia so I spent a lot of time here back when I was dating him and now that I'm living here and I'm in a relationship here things start to pop up mm-hmm. places have triggers. had other memories triggers so I think I did a good job closing all of that off because I wasn't here but now that I'm here it's like oh hey you remember me yeah <laughs> time to process. Nice to like he's not here so I don't have to worry about that aspect of it but you know it's still the memory that we're trying to like set new memories of and sure. all that fun stuff so wow. very proud of you so back to Indo. Yeah. You know, the other bitch in your life, right? Yeah. Right. Gotta love it. Um, so yeah, birth control. I was on a bunch of different birth controls. Um, none of them really seemed to like manage my bleeding. I was super irregular. I went like 40 something days bleeding, you know, like, come on now. Uh, super normal. Yeah. I was playing college soccer at the time. So like I, knew this wasn't normal but like I couldn't go home to like go to the doctor because I because playing a sport in college is like a full-time job Mm -hmm. I was just kind of like you know what we're just gonna tough it out like and of course you know the change in like activity we're doing three-a-day workouts lifting I played almost all 90 minutes of the game you know like that does a lot to your body too so I'm sure that didn't help my right. either <laughs> I find it interesting that most in the warriors that experience extended bleeding long-term bleeding we all f- blame like our activity levels our stress levels our it's diets our which, you know none like, of that helps we blame, but we anything else blame, yes. right yeah, yeah we blame everything else that could possibly be other than endo when you were bleeding that much were you actively going to an OBGYN and saying hey I am bleeding for 40 days or it was just like I don't have time because you are away at school that's what you said um I think I sent an email to the doctor and he like switched the birth control while I was like in college and stuff. Um, Cause I started, so I saw one OBGYN who just put me on birth control. She didn't do a PAP or anything like that. And then, so that was senior year, like at the end of senior year. So then my yeah. freshman year of college, um, I started seeing my mom's OBGYN who delivered me super great guy. Like I had no idea what endo was until he started talking about it. Um, he just wasn't like as skilled to do everything that needed to be done. Uh, yeah. But he, I had um, 
a laparoscopy in 2014. So that was right before my senior year of college. And he did that um, when I was like officially diagnosed with endo. So what that's lots of years in pain later. Um, Did you get the diagnosis lap or did you have it like ablation burn off or anything like that? I had ablation. Um, He only looked like reproductive organs. He didn't go exploring. Um, There was just like a little bit, I think then I was like diagnosed with stage one. Um, But I thought if you have stage two, it's on your ovaries. And he said it was on one of my ovaries, but um, whatever. I think sometimes they don't even. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, realistically, research shows every, uh, everybody that diagnoses excision and they only keep stacks if it's ablation that the criteria for staging is different from physician to physician so makes sense so he also did um like the hysterosalpingography and said that like one of my fallopian tubes was like partially closed and he was like well we'll deal with that like when you're trying to conceive you know down the road like don't worry about it he didn't really say anything further and at the time I mean I was like whatever it's fine like I was just trying to like not have pain with right not have pain <laughs> like maybe not bleed during the every reason game why practice and yeah. sex <laughs> the reason why I wanted to have this surgery was to see if like sex would not be miserable so and it was helpful uh definitely I mean there's the emotional and like the trauma component of it too but like my senior year of college I was like pretty good things were fine or maybe it was junior year that I had it I can't remember but um so I was like pretty stable for a while I didn't really have issues with bleeding everything was pretty Gucci for a hot minute until uh 2018 and that's when I started having all kinds of different issues uh my OBGYN that delivered me diagnosed me with endo stopped doing private practice and moved into some other I don't know. I think he was doing like some sort of like charity based OBGYN stuff, um, which great for him. I'm still like in contact with him here and there. I'll email him mm-hmm. and like update him. Um, but I saw a doctor in Columbia and she recommended Lupron. Um, As they do. <laughs> yes. The so they did a um, transvaginal ultrasound which wasn't as miserable as like the ones I've had after the, after that, but um, they did an MRI too. And she was like, well, we'll be able to see if you have endo. And I was like, no, we won't, but okay. <laughs> like charge me however much money you're going to charge me to lay in a tight tube, having a panic attack for 45 minutes or whatever sure. it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, to show that I had a fibroid and they never even called and like gave me the results. I had to like go to the hospital and get them myself, which I worked at the hospital at the time. So it was fine, but you know, like call your patient and say what, like, give me the results, dude. I just want somebody to go and be like, my doctor was amazing. They were proactive. I've yet to hear it. Well, my current one, he's pretty good. So we'll oh. get there. But, um, <laughs> so I told her I didn't want to go on Lupron. I did research, but at the time I wasn't active in this community like I didn't know anything about Lupron I didn't know anything about Orlissa which I'll hit on in a minute too oh no I would have known I would have known nothing even up to my almost my hysterectomy like if they would have suggested something I would have been like okay let's do it because I would have had no idea because I was not active in this community I would have have had no clue at all yeah. yeah. So, Thank goodness for this community. They told me yeah. to say no to the Lupron, and I said, well, no. <laughs> I feel like this community came a little too late for me. But <laughs> Same. Now yeah, you're a trendsetter. I lost now all my organs first, yeah. so I get and it. This is why we talk because now you're helping others. <laughs> right. So I didn't do the Lupron because I did research, and I was like, this doesn't sound fun. So I opted for uh, Provera, Depo Provera, mm-hmm. whatever. I took like one injection of it. Um, and I was just having too many issues at that point. Like I was having a bunch of GI issues. Um, things just health wise starting in like 2019, things just got bad and they still are not super fabulous, but, um, it got to the point after she didn't give me my results, uh, 
canceled appointments. I was like, this lady only cares about people who are having a baby. Like if you have anything else going on aside from like a birth control refill, they don't give a rat's ass about you. Like I'm sitting in there crying in the office. I had my mom drive four hours up to the, uh, to her office to come to my appointment, just to like advocate for me. My boss even said she would come. She was like, we want you to like get this figured out. Yeah. And after that appointment, like I was kind of, she was like, I'm more than happy to like do a lap and open you up, but like, it's probably there. And I was like, so (laughs) then I went on the hunt for someone else. Um, I think at that point I may have found one of like the Facebook forums or something and just posted like, does anyone know of an Indo knowledgeable doctor nearby? Um, and this girl I went to college with saw someone in Greenville who is at a fertility center. He's a reproductive endocrinologist, but you couldn't just like make an appointment. You had to see an OBGYN who would then make the referral. So I switched OBGYNs. Um, and this lady was the first person that like, you know, when you go to the doctor and they ask if like you have a history of rape or trauma or anything like Mm -hmm. that, you check. Yes. They never say anything. Right. I always check yes because, like, I mean, if you want to help, you want to talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. (laughs) Exactly. So she's the first doctor. Uh, so what was that? Was like 2018. This happened in 2011. Do the math. I can't do math, but she was the first doctor who like said, "Hey, I see this on your chart. Are you doing anything? Like, are you seeing anyone? Whatever." And I said no, and she was like well I can tell that you're like tight like not just you know whatever um maybe you should talk to a therapist I can send you a referral and she did so like that's cool that's I mean that's a good thing that right. she did like, yeah. where are those people I don't yeah. you know why do they ask these questions like if it takes who... you seven years to yeah ask, inquire about them they're just putting them in your chart and moving on like right like I you have to enter all this stuff in like whatever um so she is the one who wanted me to go on Orlissa yeah so I was desperate yeah um I was absolutely miserable I was leaving work early at the time I was working at the hospital so like I couldn't just take a break and come back you know like I I was if I was sick I had to go home for the day give all my patients to somebody else, tell my boss. And there's that. Come yeah. back to my good luck, which now I switch jobs. So if I do need to like cancel one of my patients, I can, and then go back and get on with my day when I feel Try better. And like but, get your pain management under control. And like, you can go back at the time. I mean, I was like on the floor of like visitor bathrooms, just like in a fetal position. Like, why am I so sick? Why am I in so much pain? Why can't I do my job? Why am I not the Zeta I was like two years ago who could run a half marathon, go out drinking after, and just like life is good. Right. Like shit just hit the fan. Lots of things going on, but like, you know, rightfully so. Your body just shut down. Yeah. And at the time my dad was re-diagnosed with cancer for the second time. And that was the beginning of the end for him. He passed a year ago. I'm so sorry. So I think my body was just like, girl, you've been so tough for so long. Like we can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And just started to like fail me. Like I had to get my gallbladder emergently removed, just like weird stuff. But back to the Orlis. <laughs> I feel like I'm well, jumping. Around, no, you're, you're fine. You're good. I mean, there's a lot, clearly a lot that's happened. Like, yeah. I mean, and yeah. endo is a full body disease. So what people don't understand is your other organs, your other body parts, including your mind is working mm-hmm. overtime. So you can do daily life. And when things start getting added on stress, um, sadness, or other medical issues, it usually is like a downward effect. And unfortunately that's when we usually stand up and say okay now I can't take it but it takes us like falling down that hill before any of us ask for like real help or demand help right the breaking point I mean it's it's so true like I feel like my whole life I just put up with things like I've had stomach aches my whole entire life yeah um only to find out that I can't burp this is like breaking news I haven't even like posted much about this 
Um, Zach discovered this condition that's like a dysfunction of a muscle in your throat that won't relax to let you burp. And I've never burped my entire life. So in August, I'm getting like an internal Botox procedure that is supposed to help you like retrain how to burp. That's crazy. I'm like all of these GI symptoms that I've been having for my whole life could like could is it because you can't like release a little bit of gas from that like Like, that's wild the bloating like yeah some of it's indo but I bloat like upper stomach and that's GI like yeah that's where all my digestive issues are yeah so we'll see what happens with that stay tuned (laughs) if you get your first burp we'll like celebrate it It'll be Heck like, yeah. can you do it on awesome. Instagram? Can you just like, <laughs> I hope you can. Like, it comes up, hold on, I gotta get on live. Yeah, right. At that time, I won't even be able to like control it. I'm worried. Yeah. I'm gonna be just, like, like throw up at the same time. Yeah, yeah. We'll, or she's we'll... gonna be dead asleep. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, back on track. Orlissa. <laughs> we uh, yes, the Orlissa. You know, I'm glad we can go on these little tangents though, because I think they're helpful. But yeah. Um, so I went on Orlissa to try to stable out until I could get in with Dr. Miller, who's my endo doctor. Um, so I was on Orlissa with a supplemental norethindrone, which was supposed to act as like the birth control side of it. Um, blood work, like my estradiol was like less than 10, you know, mm-hmm. menopause, great stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. wise, I... I was only on it from like September until, well, I was on it for almost a year, wolf. Um, but I was only on it for two months until the doctor decided to do excision. Okay. Um, so it didn't really give too much time to like tell a difference, but I do think that it helped the endo symptoms. Um, the biggest issue I had with it, the biggest issue, all of the issues, let me just list the issues. Um, weight gain I mean I've gained like 40 pounds in the last like two years when I was on it whatever um acne got really really bad night sweats sweating all the time I still sweat all the time questionable if there's like something else going on I don't know I'm sure it's a hormone it could be a hormonal thing I mean absolutely maybe so um and then mental health was just slowly tanking until uh so this is like after surgery I can talk about surgery in a minute but um so about a year of being on the Orlissa I sent a message message to my doctor and I was like I think I feel kind of like suicidal um I think I need to get off of this yeah and because I mean yes I had a lot going on but I've never been in that situation before and I but also good for you for being like hey I think that I should not be doing this or thinking I know this be, right every now. point every point of your story it's like but then I have this like amazing mindset and strength and I advocated even though I'm saying I'm not advocating it I advocated like you are phenomenal uh, as a human yeah I She's mean like, <laughs> you are we, uh, say, yeah, say I never am phenomenal feel, yeah say, we never feel like it Yeah. And you know, I think, uh, growing up with my brother, you know, he had a lot of medical issues. So I saw my parents have to advocate and whatnot. Yeah. And in some ways I feel like maybe I was kind of overlooked in some ways, just like with some of the the things I had going on were significant for me, but not significant compared to him. Yeah. So I have to be the one to do it. Right. you know, my the mom, capable one. So you're expected to. Yeah. And like, my mom has always been supportive and like, you know, yeah. she'll back me when I need it, but it was kind of, I was like, I got to do this myself because no one's going to do it for me. No one's ever done it for me really. So like, right. let's get it going. Um, so proud of, course, of you for you. Yeah. Of course the poor doctor's office called like first thing that Monday morning and was like, Oh, thank God you answered. And I was like, I wasn't gonna, you know, yeah. I, wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't plotting anything, you know, I just knew something was wrong and I knew the right words to say to get you to reply. I mean, I, I wasn't like, yeah, you were honest it, about but, where you were, like you yeah. were getting there, you saw the triggers, so you saw the warning steps. Right. So, um, they got me off of it. They kept me on the North End drone and I stayed on that for another 
eight months or something. I just got off that the beginning of this year. So between that and starting the Orlissa, I met with an endo doctor. He did the transvaginal ultrasound and like, is a cystoscopy something they can do when you're awake where they like shoot the liquid in you? So uh, like, yeah. Well, like test you for like interstitial cystitis. Is that what you mean? I like where they put it looking at the bladder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's that awake. Yeah. Yeah. So I was screaming, biting mm. a towel, holding two nurses hands begging for them to stop and of course that was very traumatizing because I have experienced things similar to that just not in a doctor's office uh and that was the I think that was the first time I had met this doctor too and he stopped and looked up at me and he was like we got to do surgery like I got to get in there and like see what's going on and I was like thank god you know I wanted it at the at that point and I had already got my gallbladder out so I'd already met my deductible so let's talk a little bit more about the actual time it came for surgery. Um, yeah, so Greenville is two-ish hours from me. So I convinced the doctor, convinced, I advocated for myself yes, you did. To, let me, <laughs> to let me stay overnight one night because um, I didn't feel comfortable like going to a hotel or yeah. driving back the day of surgery, especially because it was later. I've got like mad post-op nausea, um, anxiety, you know, all that fun stuff. So after the gallbladder surgery earlier in the year, I was like, I don't think that's going to be a good idea. So maybe we should try to not make me drive yeah. back. Um, so he found endo on my ovaries posterior and uh, anterior pelvic cul-de-sacs um rectum it was wrapped around my appendix they took my appendix out and actually the pathology showed that like maybe I had had appendicitis at some point because it like shows that there's like um inflammation post-inflammation or something I don't which know. you would not know because you had so many other stomach and right. yeah and like, here's a fun fact uh next Monday my appendix is going bye-bye as part of my surgery because they said 80 to 90 percent of women that have endometriosis if they have their appendicitis they won't they won't notice and they won't go to the doctor and that's that could be fatal so point in fact we just are into so much pain we don't know when it's deadly so crazy yeah my mom had endo they didn't find it until after uh she gave birth but she had endo on her appendix and that was basically like all they did I think it wasn't anything crazy like mine (laughs) um but yeah so it was on the appendix he said he looked at my diaphragm didn't see anything um and that was kind of the extent of it which is kind of surprising if you've had all of these like digest like digestive and like burping even your burping issue like I'm surprised that that like where where is it yeah like like, (laughs) oh I still think it's there we just haven't found it I mean, and I I wish I had thought to ask, like, if they saw anything on my gallbladder that looked questionable. Yeah. Um, I mean, which obviously, like, it was failing, so it probably didn't look normal anyways. Yeah, but they might not have known. I would have been curious to know if there's anything on that just for, like, validation or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so that was really it. Uh, they also did the hysteroscopy, um, a bunch of things just to make sure everything was flowing. I think he said that my like fallopian tubes and stuff look fine mm-hmm. um, that I know of. I can't remember really. I may yeah. just like tune that part out, but um, so it's hard probably- to want to listen to that when, if you're not ready to try and mm-hmm. you have so many other things going on, it's like, dude, just, I just want to feel better. Can we just work on me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's just get um, me up to like a kind of normal baseline. Yeah. Um, right. Right. Like, can I, can I function on a Tuesday first? <laughs> can I make it through the whole workday without being on the floor or hunched over on the toilet, please? Yeah, right. just, just one, just, just one. Just, yeah, just give me that. Um, so recovery was pretty crappy. I mean, the gas pain was awful. I couldn't burp. So like, I don't know, do most people burp when they have that gas pain in their shoulder? Is that- I like don't know, but I'm just gonna say 20 times worse, I assume for you. I wasn't, yeah. that was the main issue. My pelvis, like I could deal with it. 
post like yeah. right out of surgery, but the, the shoulder gas pain, yeah. I mean, I was miserable. I stayed awake the whole night in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also anxious as shit. So like it took Doesn't a minute for them to bring my Xanax and like whatever, but, yeah. um, and then of course, you know, once I got home, that's when like the abdominal stuff started to be painful and yeah, you, know, you had four excisions, I guess. Yeah. Um, excisions incisions excisions (laughs) our girl uh nikki told us and i'll I'll test this out in like a week's time our girl nikki said when she i think it was when she had her hysterectomy the gas so what we're talking about if you haven't had surgery is they blow up your stomach when you have a laparoscopic surgery of any type so they can work in you that gas has to escape and it rises so normally we fill it in our shoulder because it's at the top it gets trapped in like pockets. Yeah. And it's, it's like I said, it's the most miserable thing. It was the worst. I was thing putting the heating pad on my shoulder. Not on Oh, my I stuff. had like rice yeah. bags stacked yeah. for like weight too. But our girl Nikki said when she was getting ready to get her hysterectomy, I believe is when her doctor told her to airbox yeah. and break down those gases. Mm, yeah. So that is my only plan for next week is to airbox. Right. Yeah. That's what, um, when I had my fallopian tube removed is when I had my laparoscopic surgery. And um, that was the worst pain. Like, I don't even remember having pain from my incisions or anything, but I do remember the gas pain. And it actually made me so sick because like mine would travel up and down my sternum and like, would actually feel like um, almost like motion sickness E. <sighs> like would make me so nauseous and like I would have to like get up and like walk really slowly and try and work it out but I could I could burp and like yeah <laughs> I just I can't oh, imagine I it's like trapped just nauseous AF yeah, yeah. AF. not fun. all uh, right so what's what's happening now in life yeah. like how do you feel what's next I know you've been going to some doctors mm-hmm um so I am just on like a low estrogen birth control right now um I didn't want to like get off of birth control we tried the NuvaRing um but I have the most incredible high tone in my pelvis so I think my body was just like and like pushed it out like I messaged him and I was like this isn't staying in and I don't think it's like my lack of being able to put it in correctly I think my body's just like not interested yeah. like rejecting it. <laughs> like, I, like, no. I would sometimes like in the middle of the day have to go to the bathroom and like resituate it up inside of me when people are supposed to be able to wear it without noticing it in you for 30 days straight. I wound up getting a yeast infection because of like shoving this thing up and in me, like with my fingers in me multiple Constantly. times a day trying to like, yep. whatever. Um, Super common. Cheers. Thanks so. for telling us. <laughs> So yeah, I'm just on like a low level pill. Um, I did have like a bunch of breakthrough bleeding when I first got on it, like a couple months into it. And I emailed the doctor and he was like, I think it's just you trying to like build that resistance to the birth control. So you need to have a cycle. Um, and this was like my second cycle. Cause I had one cycle when I got off the Nuva ring before yeah. I started the pill. And then I had this one and it was just like absolutely miserable. I I don't know whether like maybe I just didn't remember how bad it was since I'm not like actively having periods but I mean I was SOL like on the couch heating pad sitting in the shower I mean I sit in the shower all the time because energy conservation but um <clears throat> poor Zach like <clears throat> bought me like a <laughs> He bought me some flowers and like a Target mm-hmm. gift card and like some chocolate and was like, I'm so sorry. You're like, you know, having this awful experience. <laughs> He's so sweet. But um, so since then, you know, what would have helped thing. Zach a ring. <laughs> <laughs> I was going right, to say, yeah, yeah. Right, but like- I like a ring, too. <laughs> <laughs> um totally kidding we can cut so, that out if that makes you uncomfortable no I don't care whatever okay I'm leaving it um so from like a pelvic pain standpoint I'm pretty stable for like someone with endo I guess you could say yeah. um I do go to a pelvic floor physical therapist but insurance doesn't cover that I, I literally have a 
gold tier Blue Cross plan that is $500 a month and nothing is still covered. Um, So I even- That's the best part about endo. I sent an email or not, I sent like a handwritten letter to Blue Cross with like all of my super bills from PT, uh, basically saying like, there's no one else in Columbia who is skilled to treat this disorder um, that has a pelvic floor certification, you know, all of this sent me something back and they're like, sorry, we did a peer to peer and we don't think it's medically necessary. And I was like, you want to try to walk in my shoes? Yeah, I was like, live a day in my life here. And I would have been like, can you disclose the genders of the peer-to-peer? Right. Um, Man-to-man, I believe that was. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) And so my PT is great. You know, she's kind of helped me overcome some of like the trauma-based stuff too, because I have never been one to like touch my own body. And, you know, when you go to pelvic floor, first off, there's like a female touching you and and examining. Yeah. Which I I mean, I knew that was going to happen, but it definitely was like a stressful thought. Um, and I use like a wand that's supposed to kind of help relax things. And I've been going since January and she can tell a difference. So like, woohoo, we're doing something. Now, Um, do you feel comfortable saying, can you tell a difference like with your sex life or anything or like, um, so I was having pretty significant cramping and nausea like after orgasm. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's probably like reduced by 50%. I would say okay. we haven't had intercourse since like January just because we're trying to like work through everything. Um, yeah. and I think we're both anxious about trying, trying it, just the yeah. fear of yeah. being like let down, I guess, you know um but I also bought these like oh nuts I don't know if you've ever heard of it but they're little like uh silicone cushions that go on the man's bits and it will decrease the depth so like if you're super high tone or tight or tense pain deep it won't let you or it won't let it go in deep but he'll still feel the same thing essentially um so I'm pretty pumped to like give it a try when the time's right. Yeah, that's pretty um, awesome. Do you mind if we elaborate a little bit? Cause you said you had pain bef- during and after. So mm-hmm. it's painful for you from like the jump. And then you, like you said, you have pain after orgasm. Yeah. So, um, uh, so with the high tone, I mean, obviously like anything going inside of it is, difficult I mean even yeah. like tampons putting tampons in could be pretty painful depending on the day if it was like a lighter flow day yeah um, basically like a finger could fit at the, like in January comfortably yeah. um so I mean like the sandpaper ice pick feeling you know Trying that fun stuff was more of the penetrative <clears throat> but uh like externally, I wasn't really having any issues during pain wise. It was mainly after orgasm, but I got a lot of bleeding with arousal. Um, and like during anything that was like pleasurable. So it's like, really my body is just like, maybe you you should just be a nun, like sex isn't meant (laughs) for you or something, because we're just going to distribute every opportunity you have. No, no pleasure for you, (laughs) ma'am. No pleasure for me. I lost my virginity and I'm not married. (laughs) Now I have to pay the rest of my life. you. Yes. It's hard. (laughs) I totally resonate that. So I don't have pain with penetration as long as like the engines are roaring or whatever, but I definitely, uh, bleeding is not uncommon for me. And then after orgasm, I literally lay in a fetal position and usually have such bad stabbing pains that I'm in tears. So I, um, I think I have some endo like blocking a blood supply because I actually have a lot of pain with arousal. Really? So if I'm like, yeah, just like, if I'm like turned on, like I'm very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's weird how it works. And our bodies are so, I mean, literally I would kiss Zach, like just a peck and then gushing blood like wow what is happening and of course my doctor was like you know I haven't really like seen this (laughs) he was like it's probably hormonal and endo related but 
Probably uh, because none of us are wanting to go tell a dude in an office that if I get turned on, I'm bleeding. Yeah. Right. Except for me, because I'm just an open book and because I'll you're awesome. That's how the internet, my feelings. Yeah. And that was how I, how I eventually fought for myself is I was like, sex is painful. Like every single time it's so mm-hmm. painful. Yeah. I know that this cannot be normal because I've had non-painful sex before. Yeah. And so, like, so what's changing? Got, yeah. And it got worse. Obviously I was right. having more pain. So, which is kind of when I started noticing I was having issues too, was before I started dating Zach, you know, I had a little fun time in my life. And after I had had sex with one guy, I was bleeding and he was like, did I hurt you? Like he was so concerned, but I hadn't like disclosed to him that I had endo. Cause it was right. just, like, yeah, know, I think. Or whatever. I didn't really think that I needed to you know where my like put a disclaimer story. like yeah sorry my but i'm into the equipment <laughs> right but um so much pressure course, like, on your shoulders though for real yeah which of course it was so sweet that he was like did i hurt you like are you okay yeah. you know which i wasn't used to so i was kind of like embarrassed that he like actually cared but whatever yeah. um <laughs> so that's kind of like the the big stuff with the sex we're we're both very um willing to like figure out what works you know we're kind of just in a groove that works now but like I'm ready to give it a shot but it's a lot of pressure it's a lot of stress for both parties so first it has to be it has to be stressful even thinking about it like I mean yeah it really does especially when you've been so traumatized yeah I feel like it has to be like the perfect moment right I guess just from my experiences and stuff not even just with endo but with life like I'm a very black and white thinker and we're trying to work through that in therapy to realize that it's not yeah all black and white um so I'm like expecting it to be this just yeah like it's gonna be better instead of maybe just like a little bit a little better Yeah. yeah so there's definitely like hesitation on that and then I mean what at least five out of the seven days of the week I feel like absolute trash so we get in bed and I'm like I feel like I'm nine months pregnant and I'm in so much pain I don't even want to touch you or yeah like tonight's not the night to try yeah Yeah. and of course I feel like those nights are like when he would probably be in time but it's just it's definitely taxing like that's our I don't know that's like our biggest struggle is having to work through that do and you like guys... he has his own stuff I have my own stuff so it's like we both have some sort of dysfunction going on and yeah. it's hard for sure do you guys just naturally openly talk about this or do you guys do any sort of like couple therapy because it seems like it'd be really difficult to manage especially you know from the jump yeah so we um he went to like a sex therapist so he had some of his own issues. So he went to the sex therapist um, who kind of helped him work through things on a personal level. Uh-huh. Um, and then I went to a few of the sessions. They were all virtual because it was like in the prime of COVID. So right. we weren't leaving the house basically while well, I was, but he wasn't. Um, so we talked to the doctor, doctor. I mean, I think he was a psychiatrist, maybe, maybe not. Um kind of went through like my stuff and like the symptoms that I felt and my mentality behind his side of things, you know, feeling that I wasn't good enough or, you know, feminine enough to be able to do this one thing that like women are supposed to be able to do with whoever they're with, whether it's a man or a woman, like, yeah, that's what we're like destined to do, whatever. Right. Um, And I think it was helpful for him from like a mental standpoint I think he was able to let go of like his expectations and move towards a joint team based mindset yeah. um, but it was like just as soon as he kind of got over his hump I slumped really deep got sicker. Yeah. mental health wise like that was close to when my dad passed and like <laughs> things just got messy um and I was just like I was so shut down. I didn't want to do anything. I was so angry, like, you know, and, um, we definitely talk about things in the past. It's been 
more heated than calm just because there's so much frustration I mean yeah it's unreal I mean obviously imagine like you're obsessed with your partner but for some reason you can't your body physically connect you know yeah and of course with my black and white thinking I'm like well there's something wrong like it's there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with us like we're not supposed to do this like we're not supposed to be together for this reason like it's not working and of course like black and white thinking like come on now everyone has their struggles like yeah I have so many valid reasons as to why I'm having these issues and he has valid reasons as to why he has difficulty too so it's like come on Zeta like it's okay yeah <laughs> your head so hard. um well, but we're definitely so proud of you and props to Zach by the way he's pretty Zach's awesome too he puts up with so much <laughs> I think all of our all of our men do like way more than they probably I mean listen the last the last guy I dated in college uh he broke up with me when I was like super sick my dad was dying in the hospital well this was the first time around that he was sick and it was too much for him yeah oh I'm sorry Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. It was too much for you. <laughs> Peaced out. Um, I was shattered, obviously. Yeah. Um, which thank God, like now I have this little slice of pie. I get to <laughs> terrorize every day. <laughs> terrorize. <laughs> I love that. Um, so let's. But, uh, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. No, no, go. No, I was just gonna say, like, I mean, aside from like the sex therapy side of things, um. I think we're definitely more open and like, well, Zach is very open and like verbalizing what he wants. I mm-hmm. have always had issues verbalizing what I want in the bedroom. I think yeah. just my trauma, it's like, yeah, very I, I think to me. your trauma and probably for speaking for myself, I don't, I can't say this for you, but like my religious background mm-hmm. where we yeah. weren't allowed to talk about it, I think makes it harder for me to talk about it also. Yeah. Now give me a margarita. <laughs> and you're like, let's go. <laughs> I can be that girl, but it's just, it's just like my guard is up so high. Yeah. Like it's hard to just let it go even with him, you know? Right. So, um, which sucks. It's like, I wish I could just snap out of it and like be this hot, sexy doing the work. I want to be a hot, it. sexy freak. <laughs> you're doing the work right now. And that's yeah. like, that's more than most people can say. <sighs> You're awesome. Um, yeah. Well, that was I, heavy. Yeah, I think the best. Do you feel like this was we were your therapists, right? <laughs> the ones that don't actually help, just listen. Yeah, we, we don't help at all. For you sure. power, you know. If anything, we might make it worse. I don't know. <laughs> now let's do this though, because I feel like it was very heavy, and you've had to advocate, and you're still working on it. So who would you, or what would your message be to somebody that maybe is just like kind of acknowledging similar issues or with their sex life, with their endo, with their trauma, like what would be your encouragement for them to move forward? Um, well, from like a sex perspective, so I didn't really say like what I do for work, but I'm an occupational therapist. So I work with kids. I help kids with, you know, their school-based activities, working on their grip strength, all of the developmental milestones. I also work with adults part-time in the hospital. Um, so I see like cardiac patients, hip replacements, trauma, you know, you name it. I have seen it probably, um, spinal cords, all that fun stuff. So on the adult side of things, we are skilled to provide education on sex and yeah. positioning. You know, you have a hip surgery, you're not allowed to bend a certain way for six to eight weeks. That's a long time if you like yeah. to freaky you know? So, <laughs> you know, we if the patient's like receptive and willing to talk about it, I mean, obviously sometimes it's uncomfortable if a 20 something's walking in and being like, Hey, let's talk about sex. But (laughs) you know, sometimes the young spinal cord boys are like, so what is this going to work? Like, um, so I think my biggest piece of advice from like an OT standpoint is to figure out how to like modify and accommodate as needed for sex things. Um, you know, like Zach's, Zach knows what to do to get the job done when it's not penetrative, you know? So like, um, figuring out kind of the, the way that works for you. Sex is a whole (laughs) genre of stuff. And 
you're it's saying not open up your mindset, figure yeah. out what works yeah. for you as an individual or as a couple, you can still be sexual and it's okay and to explore. Accepting that, like for me, like toys, I, I was terrified of like dildos or anything in that nature until I started dating him. Yeah. You know, I went to like the pure romance parties here and there and I was like, you know, so funny, but I never like used the vibrator until we started dating and it's like life-changing for someone who's having those kinds of issues and they can't enjoy it. Like, so I think, you know, kind of letting go of the, the guilt if you have it and trying those different things, but just from an, in general perspective, um, advocate for yourself, find a doctor who's going to listen to you and know that, uh, like 75% of them probably aren't. Yeah. You have to keep trying. You can't give up. Yeah. Um, as frustrated, need to, yeah. like, it's so sad, you know, and I, I work in the hospital, you know, you see like July is when the new residents like start working and they're all so excited. Most of them are like excited and nice and like they want to learn, they want to interact. And then down the road, four or five years, they're like the asshole that cuts you off when you're in the middle of like wiping someone's butt in a treatment session and they just come in and start talking to the patient like nothing's happening. And it's like, where were you? Like, what happened? Which of course does that to you, but yeah, it does. So, um, yeah, advocate, find someone who will hear you out, find a community. Like, I'm so glad I found this group of women because it's lonely. Like I have some friends who have endo and, you know, everyone's got different symptoms. Some people are kind of only like cyclical when they're experiencing their period, they've got worse stuff going on, but then there's some like us who deal with this shit daily and, you know, I feel like I've lost a lot of friends, um, here because of my issues, you know, like yeah, not realizing what it takes to actually like maintain your day-to-day yeah. life at all, like having to cancel plans or leave early yeah. here, you know, and I've always been the high energy, like let's freaking rage, let's go dancing. Let's, and you know, the last year or so, like, I just haven't been that person. I mean, I've been yeah. out of my mind too. So like, likely you know makes sense but um you know understanding that there's a team online even if like it seems silly you know people are like all right you meet them online like but they're real people like we're real people I talk to finding a community is so freaking important (laughs) yeah so find a community that supports you um for sure I feel like I should have something better but no, no, I think that's, that's, that's really important one. Yeah. And also just like try everything. I mean, yeah. With my GI stuff, I did all the diets. I did whole 30. I cut gluten. I cut dairy. I did low FODMAP. I did all the things only to like get a, uh, an allergy test of foods on accident. And they were all like negative for any kind of reactivity. And this is another point in saying, find what works for you. What works yes. for me is not going to work for you. Right. So, and of course, you know, you, you see the people online who preach, like, if you have indoor, or if you have this, like you have to do this kind of diet or you have yep. to cut this out or you have to try this supplement or maybe you have parasites or, you know, things like that. Like maybe, maybe you do, but maybe you don't. You yeah. Don't and you need to try yeah. yeah. So try everything though. Like I, I feel like I've just like exhausted as many things as I can just to know that it's not that, you know? Yeah. So no, I think you're an inspiration and a freaking cool person. Yeah. And I think you're way stronger than you give yourself credit for. I mean, <laughs> you a boss girl. Uh, <laughs> so when we post this, we will also put up a question box. So if you're comfortable with it, we'll let our audience ask questions. We'll pass them off to you. Um, we do have another part on this on sex hurts. So we'll talk about sex a little bit more with endometriosis. Go ahead, B. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, I genuinely appreciate how um, comfortable you were diving into it though. Cause I know not everyone is. So um, I'm really grateful. I think sometimes it's like a, not a fatal flaw, but like a lot of people are like, oh, you posted that on Facebook. Like, you know, I, yeah, I I had love what matters, like email me and they wanted me to write like a, my own little testimony. And I posted it to my Facebook and all of these people were like, oh my gosh, like, I didn't know 
the extent yeah. to this I didn't know like and I was like this is why I do it like yeah I'm yeah. telling the world that I've been raped and I have pain with sex but if it gets one person to go to the doctor and get a diagnosis and realize that it's not help, normal like then I did something right? like yeah. my mantra 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 whatever you want to say in life is like to help people that's why I'm yeah. an OT. like I've always been a caregiver like you know so sharing my story if it makes a difference for somebody then I did my job yes and does that link we'll link it on the show notes otherwise as we wrap up tell people how they can connect with you online if they aren't connected and they think you are super cool like we do um my instagram is zmoney underscore fit I got the zmoney bling on my neck (laughs) yeah you do (laughs) um awesome yeah so, and then my like main Instagram is just Z Hyatt, but I don't really post too much endo stuff over there. So, but if you want to see any pictures of Zachary and Cuervo and my life, then you can follow me follow there. You on that one too. <laughs> well, thank you so much thank for joining you. us. We really appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. And we- yeah.